friends, Lee Henson Hasty here uh, with Leading Theologically. I'm the Senior Director of Theological Education Funds Development at the Presbyterian Foundation. That's a ministry of the Committee on Theological Education, which over the last 17 years, which I, it's a, I can't believe I'm saying that, has afforded me the opportunity to meet some amazing people, including um, my guest today that needs a light shown on her. Most folks don't know her don't know about her not enough know about her that's what those who know really know but joanne rodriguez um is executive director of the hispanic theological initiative that's uh at in princeton uh, new jersey part of princeton seminary um it's um it's a collaborative though right uh collaboration that works together with consortium. a consortium that works together with um a number of institutions we'll learn more about that um, I'm just happy for her to take a moment um, from the good work that she does um, that we're going to learn about and be with us today and and welcome everyone. Thanks for being here, though, Joanne. Thank you for inviting me, Lee. It's my pleasure to be with all of you this afternoon. And uh, yeah, the Hispanic Theological Initiative is located at Princeton Theological Seminary in Adams House, and we are a consortium of 23 PhD granting institutions that support Latinas, Latin students, PhD students of religion and theology with specific programming, fellowship, and networking funds to help them finish their degrees and be leaders in theological and religious education. And it is a real joy for me to be with all of you today. Thank you. And we'll put links to hti.pstsim.edu in the chat, um, but you can also go there hti.ptsim.edu to find out more about HTI as well as on uh, Joanne as well uh, too. And um, also they have a, we'll talk about there's a, an interactive site <clears throat> as well. And we'd love, love for you to get to know them. Um, Joanne though is a graduate of Princeton Seminary as well as Pace University. Um, she has two degrees from Princeton, her THM as well as her MDiv. She's a teaching elder and active at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Trenton. That Pres so you're a member of that Presbyterian? Well, actually, um, I was a member of the New York Presbytery. Right. And now I'm a member of the New Brunswick. New Brunswick. Okay, New Brunswick. So um, thank you. And as as you know, Joanne, and, and as my guests, as, my, as the visitors know, one of the things we love to hear about is your call you know, and um, what is sort of guiding, what is at the center of who you are? And I think one wonderful way to ask that, maybe you get formed by um, Ada Maria Sassi Diaz, among others, is a question something like this. Um, what are you noticing happening around you uh, right now? Or uh, another way to say that is, what are you hearing and learning from your community and context? Thank you for the questions, Lee. Um, I would I would have to respond to that um, different. So if that question would have been asked of me four years ago. I would have responded to it very differently. I think the pandemic has um, challenged us, and now that we have um, better medical understanding of how to how to you know support scholars and and individuals as a whole. Um, we're, we're just coming back from that. And during the pandemic, we learned 
um, how to work a lot online. It was it was thrust upon us, and right. we just had to do it, right? Um, but as I listen to the context that we're in now, you know, we are we're needing to to do the work that we do in three different ways, which is still in person. Um, most of HTI's um, activities and programming were done in person. Um, but now we have to think about doing it in a hybrid form and even online. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think, and learning to do that as an organization internally as well, how we hire people, how we bring them on to organizations and theological education, how we even train, you know, scholars right. to get the access to research so that they can finish their PhDs and then they can go on faculty members, how to be better educators online so that they can help students also be better pastors and learn how to reach their audience and their congregations in person and online. So we're, we're in a very, what I'm learning is that the context have become much more complex. Um, it isn't, um, it isn't one way anymore. And so we have to learn how to um, so, um, build a strong support network. And that's one of the things that HTI has always done. So we kind of were prepared for the pandemic, which was that we use the term in conjunto, but in conjunto means that we really value everyone that participates in the community, mm-hmm. starting with the staff, starting with the supporters of the program. We have mentors and we have editors. Um, the students themselves contribute and faculty, Latino faculty. And we work with, as I mentioned earlier, we work with 23 PhD granting institutions that are the ones that enroll their students in HCI's programming. Um, So there's a lot of moving pieces and understanding. So I like to use the term that I love the work that I do. I'm very passionate about it. I'm always learning. And, and to learn well, you have to listen well um, and, um, and respect and honor everyone that you're involved in. And I think we've done a pretty good job. We have a graduation rate of 92% now. Wow. Um, and an average time to degree of 5.5 years. We've helped 165 Latinos, uh, Latinas um, finish the degrees. And now they're serving the ecology in many different ways. At the end of, of March, we went to two of our graduates' um, inaugural addresses, two presidents. Wow. Una Ponte at Drew, Drew and um, Jose de Sari at Austin Seminary. Mm-hmm. I got to see Joanne there. She gave a little smile because I roped her into a little <laughs> singing. <laughs> Joanne, yes, I don't know why. Yes, you did. And you roped the wrong person because I'm not a good singer. <laughs> Oh my lord! It, you know it's to God's glory, right? So that, thank God. That, that's all it is. I mean, it's beautiful. And you talked about presidency. They're also the first Latina president of AAR last year, correct? Yes. Who's a graduate? American Academy of Religion, I should say, one of the largest theological uh, society, academic societies. Yes. Yes. So Mayra Rivera was a graduate. Is a graduate of HTI. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. at Harvard. Um, full professor there as well. And wow. the other person that was the first president but wasn't an HCI graduate was Dr. Dr. Otto Maduro, who has left us. Um, oh. But um, he was actually the first Latino um, president of ARSBL. 
Um, just, I think this uh, term uh, you've used Latino, uh, Latina, and we have uh, a lot of Latinx is used. You, and HGI uh, is also now using this Latin term that may be of interest to others. Um, what What is sort of the motivation there? So it's complicated because in the United States, it's the only place where we try to um, use one term to define. Right. Okay. That helps. Many different mm-hmm. individuals um, mm-hmm. and their countries. Um, but I think this is the term now that's being used the most to also be gender inclusive. I see. Um, it's changed over the years. We started out with Latino, Latina, then we moved to Latina, Latino, then we moved to Latinx, <laughs> and now we're Latin. So, um, but most most Latinos or Latinas or Hispanics like to be identified by their country. Right. So, you know, I come from Puerto Rico. My parents are from Puerto Rico, but I was born and raised in New York City. So I'm a New York. I consider myself a New York Rican. And now I've lived longer in New Jersey than in New York. No. Wow. So, right. yeah. That's helpful. Yeah, there's um, the this is this is how sort of um, dominant society sort of throws people into one place and we need to figure out ways. And and, and uh, I want to I think that's helpful and it's a, a, to learn and and um, it, it, it's an umbrella term, but it's it's helpful to know more about who people are and where they're everybody's story. You just told a little bit of your story and everybody yes. has those stories. Um, and right. I think. I agree with you, Lee, and I think really what's really important about it is that um, most of the Hispanic and Latin history is invisible, even Mm. from public education and even private education, right? So we may celebrate Cinco de Mayo, but that's a Mexican celebration, right? And Mm. very different culturally than a Puerto Rican or Cuban a Dominican Republic person, somebody from Venezuela. So as we think about education and we even think about theological education and preparing people to serve in very diverse contexts now, we have to, one, have individuals within an institution that understand those cultural differences Mm -hmm. and and bring them to light so that when we prepare people to serve in church settings or in nonprofits or as a faculty member we're not lumping everyone together. We're mm-hmm. kind of understanding the complexity of mm-hmm. all of this, uh, the, the cultures and the different understandings. There's even different terms in Spanish that can be very nuanced in different mm-hmm. settings. Um, so I think, I think one of the things that HCI prides itself in is that we're, in, we're ecumenical, we're multi-ethnic, and we're multi-interdisciplinary. And we serve all of these contexts and we've been able to do it well without a lot of conflict because we respect and honor mm. all of these, um, this diversity that, but it's complex. It's, 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 it's even not easy for us to manage all of that. I'm just going to say this, what you just said, I'm going to rewind the last 30 mi- seconds or a minute to replay. And I'll invite others to do the same because I think that is, so important for the current context of ministry, generally speaking, broadly, like knowing everyone's story and, and the individual there's, there's complexity (laughs) in all of it. There's something to learn. And I think some things you're learning, I appreciate 
I hear I hear HCI is a learning community as 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 well, you know, alongside this kind of um in con hito is that in conjunto, um, you know, together working together, networked. I mean, I think this this has a lot to teach the church, academy, nonprofit world, other other places where people are engaging in ministry and and life and leadership in general. Um, what what do you think is though the the power and the the mission at the center of this mission of cultivating? Latin theological leaders and in PhD programs in the church and academy. Why is that so important? And and what is happening? And you look at the Association of Theological Schools, the way they categorize, I believe, is Hispanic is the term they're maybe still using. I'm not sure if that's shifting, but um, what we know there it's it's one of that is one of the fastest growing uh, communities within the theological academy. So that's something's right. going on. I'm sure it's happening in the larger public. Why is cultivating? Let's not just assume we know why this is, mission is important. So I, I think that at every level, we need to have representation. Mm. Um, and the reason for that is because there are cultural understandings that only those individuals that have lived through those can bring them to a larger body. Okay. They okay. can understand and, and have... Um, that voice there. For example, if you let's let's give an example of a business or even medicine. Um, certain cultures, um, either there's a language barrier, um, there's a cultural barrier, and so there are things that we just don't understand. If, there, if there's representation of that culture, then you can tweak or do something different in the organization to serve that population and to understand it, right? So if you're gonna go into ministry and you get a seminary education, and then you get called to a church that the surrounding community and even some of the leaders in the church and the attendees of the church are Latine, Latin, and you have no idea how to serve that community how well did your seminary education serve you? Okay. All right. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. If you are leading an organization and you're producing a new product mm -hmm. and you want that product to be bought by a specific cultural, you want, you want to attract some new customers to mm -hmm. use your product. You want to understand how to reach that audience and that, and that, and that customer so that they buy your product. If you don't understand the language, you may put something in the context, in the advertisement, in the promotion of that, that they don't understand. And so they're not going to buy your product, right? Mm -hmm. So institutions need to understand that they need representation. And what Latino, what HTI does is that it, it supports those scholars that would have the knowledge and the pedigree to be able to serve in those institutions and bring that type of knowledge and understanding of our cult, our varied that very diverse cultures to those contexts. And, being and, and, and I'm hearing you say, do that in an embodied way. Yes. Like, I mean, bringing yeah. all of who they are and uh, into that room. Yeah. Exactly right. And, you know, then you, you get a more informed person. It doesn't matter. Like sometimes we talk about, oh, well, we need a Latino because we just want it, that person for the Latino community. But no, you want that Latino leader, you want that Latino faculty, you want that Latino uh, administrator because that person can educate your whole student body. 
It could even educate the other people that you work with. You you co-team work together to Mm -hmm. then serve those students and bring them a much more diverse representation of what the world looks like now. And we're, you know, technology has given us access to information in a heartbeat. You Mm -hmm. just press a button and you get the information. So the more um, diverse education that we can provide individuals in theological education, the better off they are to go out and serve a more diverse world. Well, even today, just with the show, friends, we were on on the you know, talking earlier, and you've heard me ask the question, the Howard Thurman vocation question, and the Katie Cannon question, and there's different ways to ask this question about our call, um, and, and we have a new one. New one today, you know, uh, what are we hearing and listening to and noticing and um, in our communities and contexts? And uh, there's so much to learn. And I think it's uh, it's a true gift. HTI is sort of a hidden gem. And you're, you, the way you even operate is in partnership. <laughs> I mean, so you embody this yourself, yes, right? Yes. It's, it's not about HTI. It's about your mission, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and... You have organizations that um, that that are leading with you. You wouldn't say that you were leading, right? <laughs> so the way that it's set up is one: we got we have a diversity in our funding. Um, our twenty-three institutions um, pay a membership fee, and included in that membership fee is support for their PhD students. Um, we um, work with advisors when the students are writing their dissertations and we're PhD directors to um, be accountable to the student to navigate that program and get through it. And that's why we have a 5.5 year. Is amazing. Year. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, like the average is more like 18. 9.3. 9.3. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, some, and 50% of students, no matter what ethnicity they are, do not finish their PhDs. Right. Right. So to have a ninety-two percent rate Amazing. of success, it's it's an investment on part of each. You see what I'm talking about, everybody. This we have something to learn here. So. Yeah, it's an investment that the school makes, but they're almost they're guaranteed, almost guaranteed that that student is going to finish. And then that that you know, institutions are investing an average of three hundred thousand per student right. in a PhD program. Right. So that three hundred thousand dollars is not wasted. That person. But the other thing that HTI does is that we continue to stay. We have a saying at HTI: once HTI, always HTI. Because <laughs> we find a way to bring that person back. So we have the early career the mentees become mentors. I bet, right? Yeah. But we also now introduced a new program in two thousand eighteen, which is the early career orientation. So as soon as a, a student graduates, they mm-hmm. come to the early career orientation to help them be um, being better prepared to navigate their first position at an institution. And that's, that's a win-win situation because that person steps into that role with a support group, with some knowledge about how to enter the institution, how to better contribute to the institution and how to also um, have um, a roadmap for their tenureship. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the clock start, starts ticking as soon as they get that job. Right. 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 And so it's a, it's they, they the students absolutely the, the graduates absolutely love that program. And then we also introduced because there's such a void. We have no Latina presidents in theological education right now. And so we introduced Latinas in leadership. 
and um, we're helping. And from that program, we just completed the first cohort, mm-hmm. and one of them, um, four of them, have um, have become deans at their institution at different institutions. Um, we're not quite there with the presidency, but at least we have moved them up to another level. Um, so we can have that representation, but also that voice, that knowledge that these individuals bring um, that is lacking in theological religious education. So um, we work with the Lilly Endowment, the, Lu- the Henry Luce Foundation, the Trinity Wall Streets. Um, and so it's also diverse in terms of its funding sources. It's diverse in terms of the student body. It's diverse in terms of the faculty that support it. Um, um, and, and ecumenical. And so, you know, it, there's a lot of moving pieces. But so how, do you, how do you, how does someone get involved and um, in, involved in the programs or find or, or supporting your programs or accessing them? I know one of these I'm very fascinated by the, is it called the open plaza? Yes. Um, so, um, there's several ways. The first thing that I would say is go to our website, hti.com. P, um, PT, um, well, actually, it's HTI. Um, you can access it through htiprogram.org. And um, okay. and there you can sign up for our newsletter. Um, so you can stay abreast at um, what's happening at our member schools, our graduates, and our students. And um, and then the other the other piece which you just mentioned is the open blasa, which is blogs, podcasts, and HTI talks for um, the public square. And right. and um, there's theologians on that. There's scholars. There's um, even practitioners. Um, there's poetry. You name it in six different fields: health, education, um, gender and sexuality. Uh, politics and economics and culture is and is a lot of this work in English and Spanish or both or other languages. Um, so most of it is in English, mm-hmm. but we also have some pieces in Spanish and some in Portuguese. Okay, that's great. Yeah. And then and we you're also- probably, I mean, if there are folks who want, there were be places to plug in and find you and w- where they could get involved in programs. If we know someone who maybe is who who would who maybe doesn't know about you, um, they could get involved there. And, and it yeah. seems like it would be an opportunity for folks to learn how to, how to cultivate Latin theological leaders in their own community too. This, you're not, you're not trying to be the only organization doing this, right? No. So um, when HTI began and actually this was um, a paper written by Justo Gonzalez in 1986 and they started to fund three different programs. The first two was the Association of Hispanic Theological Education, IET. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person who is the executive director is an HTI graduate, Elizabeth Conde Frazier. She's awesome. Um, and they do, they they work a lot with Bible Institutes, which is another way which the Latino community, when they cannot afford to go mm-hmm. to undergraduate, and they really are interested in doing theological education. They go to Bible institutes. They also do publications um, by Latinos for Latinos. And um, so I would encourage people who are interested in getting some Bible um, studies materials from them. They can also get some from our Open Plaza. And then there's the Hispanic Summer Program that is also leads a consortium of schools 
And um, there's a fee that they also charge and it's for master students to take at least one course over a two week period in the summer. And the executive director of that program was the first director of the Hispanic Theological Initiative, Dr. Daisy Machado. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And uh, their program happens once a year and students from the schools have to register, I think as early as January. And then in 1996, HTI was um, introduced at Emory University uh, as the program that supported PhD students in theological education. Mm -hmm. And in 1999, HTI was moved to Princeton Theological Seminary, and that's when I began with the program as an assistant director, and then in 2002, became the uh, executive director at HTI. Um, so we've been there, we've been at PTSEM since that time. Um, thanks for highlighting those other organizations, because I think a lot of folks don't know about them as well. And let me ask you this. Let's say that you do not self-identify or primarily identify in, uh, as Latin. Um, would you, is there opportunities to engage in, in some of these programs or are there way, other ways you can support this work? So um, we do have, so HTI, like I mentioned, there's ways you can always donate. <laughs> right, there you go. There you go. Right. Yes, you can always donate. You, you, did, you did highlight the, it's not, these are, it's not cheap to get a PhD or any theological it is degree. It's cheap to get a PhD and, um, and we're always introducing new programming and any little bit helps um, get us on our way. Um, I would say stay in touch through Journeys because it allows you to um, get the latest news on the, the developments of our scholars, where they may be leading a lecture, where they may be introducing a new book that you may need for a school or just your own personal reading. Is, is, that, is, that, your, is that your newsletter? You can sign up the Journeys? Yes, Journeys. And you can go to our website and sign up sign up for it. Then Open Plaza is, is an open source for the public square. And you can, um, sometimes we've had, we've interviewed Asian with Latinos or African-American or um, any other, you know, a Ted Smith, the the series on um, theological right. education for the time. I was getting ready to grab the uh, Elizabeth Conti Frazier. I have it right over here. <laughs> so We worked with that program right. and introduced a, a podcast for each one of the writers for that program. And um, and then there's Journeys, our peer-reviewed journal. Um, and then we have what we call the Enconjunto Association, which is HTI's alumni um, um association but it's for friends and friends of the program as well mm -hmm. and to become a member of that this year is only twenty dollars so if you're interested in becoming a, a a member um you can go to our website as well and and do uh, sign up there well i need to do that myself i am a big believer i'm i, I have seen joanne now this is my third time in the last month or so at at Jose Irizarry's presidential inauguration. And then I happened to be in Princeton with my clergy cohort and got to be, I think, in that office right there. Yeah. It's a beautiful space in Adams House, right? If folks who know Princeton Seminary, it's right across from Erdman's Hall. And um, so um, thank you for everything that you do. I can't believe our time is running out this fast. Folks, if there are questions or comments uh, here uh, toward the end, we'll try to, to share those or pick them up. Um, in the social media feeds. I'm sure we can follow up there, but we're thanks so much for taking your time to be here. And uh, I think Jennifer Rodriguez, thank you for being and saying hello. Um, 
we uh, we'd love for everyone to to review and subscribe to our podcast. Theological leaders like Joanne, and we have some coming up. Chris Burton from Union Seminary, who has at their Leadership Institute, and then. I don't know if you know this, Joanne. I have agreed to be interviewed, and that's actually the wrong date. And I'm I'm sorry, I still have today's date there, but um, I think it's going to be actually June 15th um, is when I'm going to be interviewed. Terry Ott from the Presbyterian Outlook is going to be interviewing me, um, which will be interesting. I'm not sure. I'm getting a little nervous about it already. You know, I'm usually the one asking me questions, not having the questions asked. Um, I know. It's a little nerve-wracking, but you're Thank you. Thank you. You're kind and generous. Um, but um, everyone, we're glad glad you were here. Um, and uh, oh, Jennifer's saying, she says, great work, Joanne. Proud of everything you're doing. So um, that's it's wonderful to, to hear from you. I know Jennifer. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. So we're, we're, we're in the fan club. I'll send you the T-shirt. I'm just sort, sort of halfway joking. I'm, I'm sure we're in this together. Um, but thanks again for who you are and what you and it's you have been at this for decades now. It's at the core of who you are. You you truly. Joanne, embody this cultivation of theological leaders and the bringing together of these networks um, to do that. So, and it's, you're always shining lights on others. You've highlighted other organizations and what they do um, and other individuals, but I, I just want to shine the light on you today. And, and um, I think uh, so you're such a gift to so many and um, we're grateful for who you are and what you're about. And, prayers that you will continue to be strengthened um, in your leadership and the resources and in multiple ways will continue to expand. Um, and as we're going, I'd love if you would bless and, and send us. Amen. Thank you so much, Lee. And it's such a joy. I know you for years now, right? <laughs> right. Probably the, the decades that I've been doing this. <laughs> right. Um, but um, what a joy to be with you. My greetings to Elizabeth and to all of you that are listening today. I just want to say to all of you um, three words. Love what you do, learn from what you do, and listen to what you do. Mm. In it, God will, I know for a fact, God will bless it. So be blessed and be the lights that you have been called to be. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. Listen, love, and learn. Learn, yeah. love, and listen. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> thank, you. thank you, thank you, thank you. And blessings to everyone. We'll look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you.